Training Edge podcast. Today's episode is part two of the coaching roundtable I did with my guest, John Kroon. If you have not already listened to part one, I would encourage you to step back and give it a listen. In part two, we continue trading questions on coaching topics and cover some pretty big topics, such as what an off-season looks like, strength training, weight loss, and some other good ones that I think you guys will enjoy. I want to thank John again for joining me on this. He's a relatively new coach, but with plenty of experience in the cycling world. It's always refreshing to hear how new coaches are approaching something, as it oftentimes brings a really fresh perspective. All right, without further ado, enjoy round two of my conversation with Mr. Kroon. So my question for you, off-season. I think off-season is an interesting thing. Um, I think cycling's cool because we, you know, we go on and we make these comments about uh, off seasons really not existing um, in the sense of the cycling world, right? You you do road, you race cross. What's your thoughts on off season and what does that what does that look like for an hmm. athlete? Um, does it vary? Um, is it dependent? You know, what's your thoughts on an off season? <laughs> you totally stole one of my questions. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll answer it after you answer it. All right, perfect. Uh, honestly, like that has been top of mind lately, uh, and I'm. I think a lot of times, this is how we start these conversations. But it depends, um, and mm-hmm. that's like the most common thing for a coach to say. But um, basically, what I tend to ask myself is, um, kind of along the lines with that mental piece of training, is what is this athlete able to handle how eager are they are they am i are they the type of athlete that i'm literally holding back like i'm like hey stop adding two hours to every workout hey stop adding stop like pumping up your zones during your ride like are they that kind of a athlete or are they an athlete that i'm doing more encouraging than uh tampering i guess yeah um because that can can totally change and you can oftentimes i think you hear a lot of coaches saying like all right well it's age specific it's 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 training time specific um like pro athletes should take a big off season because they have a huge load um you know masters athletes that are time crunch should take a very minimal off season um so that they can hold a steady baseline but it's like that is true but i also try and factor in the mental piece which is all right, what do they have going on? Do they need that break? Because even a master's athlete who is time crunched, who um, is dealing with like family and, and a crazy job during COVID, like if you give them three days off the bike, they'll probably be burnt out in, um, you know, another cycle. So um, it's just one of those things that I think that's what I try and figure out the most. And what I've learned is oftentimes, uh, coaches are viewed as like this really master of a planner where they tell you exactly how much time you need to have off in order to get exact, um, you know, physiological response. And, but oftentimes, you know, I think the best thing that a coach can do, or at least what I'm trying to do is have a healthy conversation with the athlete of when are you itching to be on the bike again? Cause I personally think that like without that sensation, you're just kind of fighting a losing battle. Like you got to find that point in time where you miss the bike and you miss that means of uh, either mentally or physically or whatever it might be. Um, But obviously like a huge hurdle 
is getting an athlete to let go of fitness. Like that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard because they've worked really hard to get to that point, but it's really healthy for them to let go of that fitness so that they can build back even more because they have built that foundation. So now they can build on it. And that's what's so freaking fascinating about um, our sport and just within training in general. And um, that's, so that's the big first step. And then once they get through that, it's like, okay, when are you mentally refreshed? Like, have you, so for, I have to remind every single one of my athletes and I've always been kind of surprised by this, but it's, it's amazing how quickly that gets overlooked where it's like, all right, I'm giving you a week off the bike. I don't want you to think about the bike. I don't want you to touch it, but I also don't want you to go for a three hour hike every day. Or I also don't want you to do every home project you have been putting off for the off season this week. Um, because we're going to get to the end of the off season and, all of a sudden you're not refreshed at all. Um, And I've even had athletes go on vacation. And um, pretty recently I had an athlete go on vacation. They went up to a cabin in the woods um, and they basically ended up like playing with their kids every single day. So they were totally thrashed by the end of the week. They were super sore. Um, So I'm like, okay, cool. Now we need to take another like week off so that you can actually have your break. And um, so I do have to like throw reminders in there and, I've also noticed that, uh, especially with a lot of my athletes, like kind of working from home, when they do their off season, they sit in their office chair and they just crank out work or they sit on the couch and they relax um, and they don't stretch. They don't do any sort of mobility movements. They don't do anything like that. So they just become this tight wad um, by the end of the week. So that's the other thing is I've been like trying to get them to focus on that. But I would say, yeah, for me, the biggest thing is figuring out when they crave it again. Um, and sometimes you have to say, all right, we need to add more time. And no, that's need good. To add so, to the off season. so what does an off season though, like typically look like for you? Like, cause that's kind of what my question was, I guess, more or less. Got it. Like, does that mean you're off the bike? Does that mean, um, you like you can't touch your bike can't look at your bike how long does that look like or does so it all depend it, it depends but lately i've been doing and you kind of touched on this a little bit i've been doing this like period um where i for every single athlete tell them to be off a bike for a period of time yeah. and to totally step away from it that doesn't mean they need to be dormant but like they need to be away from that machine um and that again is both physical and mental and usually for most athletes that is a week um and then above so uh usually either mentally or physically um if they need more then it goes up i really don't give more than two weeks um sometimes for like my pro level guys i'll take a month um but that is usually when they've done a pretty hefty road season or whatever season it was Um, and then that usually is the second week. If I'm having them two weeks, sometimes I'll have them do one week and then one week of freestyle training so that they have like kind of like athletes choice rides so they can go out and just ride unstructured. Um, and I just ask that they don't go out and clobber themselves. Um, and then that's usually when I bring about strength training and other mobility movements and stuff like that. So they're doing off the bike work. Um, you mentioned, like if they're so if they're multidiscipline athletes, so if they're going straight from you know roads across to um, whatever it might be, that's totally different. Yeah. Um, oftentimes that's like okay, you get five 
days off the bike or four days off the bike. So it's kind of like a really extensive rest week. And then we're diving straight back into really structured stuff um, to get things going. And then it's just keeping track of where their sensations are. Um, and that's almost like that four days or five days of mental thing, more less than a physical. Right so, on. Yeah. Right on. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So how about, so that question back at you. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I, again, you, I'm, I mean, you're pretty much bang on in the sense that, you know, it, it depends on the athlete, uh, depends on their mental, like, and, uh, supposedly I had, you know, well, I did, I had a, I had an athlete where, you know, and I was, and this is where, you know, some of that, that coach came in from me where it, like, you were talking earlier how you, you just like feel like, man, I forget that I don't really ask my athletes like, Hey, how did, like, are you having fun? Like, are you enjoying this? Or are you just banging out whatever I put up there? Um, and so I, you know, was deloading an athlete, um, pretty much telling them, Hey, like we don't want to completely take off because we still have some good sunlight. We still have some good weather. Um, just ride when you can, you know, ride when you want, like, you know, uh, ride it, whatever intensity. If you want to ride the fat bike, ride the fat bike. Like just, just enjoy it. Like just keep the legs pedaling. Well, they took that opportunity to, uh, you know, bang out like multiple five hour rides in the weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and, and they were just really going at it. They were weighing themselves every day. Uh. Like they were just like, it was like full gas. Right. And, part of it i was i was watching um and to me i was taking it as like oh man their motivation is there like they're hyped like they're ready to go um so i started to kind of like tickle some intensity back in and then boom the parachute came out it was it was almost as if like hey i can't get this in like i'm skipping workouts now and it's like that's where that we found it we found the limit at this point like um because you know, you were still excited, I guess, post event. And I guess I wasn't clear enough on, on taking this time to really reset. Um, so we took two weeks off, but you know, my thing is, is instead of training at 80%, like take that week so you can train at a hundred percent for four weeks. So if we look at five weeks, 80% over five weeks or even 70% and let it trail off over the course of five weeks. Whereas, you know, we take one week completely off and we get it one to two to three weeks at a hundred percent. And then, yeah, obviously your motivation and your kind of stoke level and your fatigue levels will go up and that stuff will start to trend down. But at least we know we've gotten quality weeks in, whereas the other weeks, if we just kept fighting through, it would have been pointless. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, kind of playing that perspective in, 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 in their heads. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so when it comes to an off season, I don't necessarily like the word off season, but I also think that there needs to be a time where the athlete can take a mental break, take a step back. Um, you know, especially coming from me as an athlete who's always been overweight and who's always been dieting um, and overweight for the sport. Um, you know, and has been dieting, like I can't sustain that. Um, and so if, I know if I can't sustain that, your your average Joe should not be doing that either. But I also can't stop my athletes from weighing their food every morning. You know, if they want to weigh their food, they can weigh their food, but I, I don't recommend it. Um, and so 
taking that mental break though for you know two weeks or so just to really really reset um you know have a beer you have pizza whatever that's that's the time to do that um and to enjoy it i guess more or less and not feel guilty yeah it's it's funny it's like at the same time uh that off season is like really important to just Very. be like let go, but also don't go too wild. Um, yeah. So that's what I've noticed is like it's important that lead back in is, is really important because that can kind of chart their um, ability to kind of get back into the routine, get back into the schedule, like rein in their diet again, um, get used to the bike again. So like um, this is kind of a wide question, but how do you tend to get an art an athlete started again do you tend to like jam them right back into a pretty strict structure or like how do you tend to bring them back in um depends on the athlete um i have athletes that you know and you've probably had this too they get pissed about taking a week off oh yeah and they'll make a scene about it and it's almost like you're dealing with a child in a sense um and they know it they know it um and, but they're eager, they're excited. And so um, I believe in steps. And just like a build, we almost build back into it, right? So if we've taken a week completely off, let's just ride again. Let's start riding again. Let's get let's get used to that first. And that doesn't have to take a month to get used to. So we do that in a week. And then, all right, now that we've got the, you know, the riding back Let's get back into some solid, stru- let's get some structure laid out. Let's get some times laid out, right? At this point, we're back in daylight savings time. We don't have a lot of light outside. Um, let's try to figure out the times and everything that works. Okay, cool, we've nailed our schedule and let's say that takes a week and a half, two weeks. Let's start, depending on where we're at, let's start to throw one or two days of a little bit more structure in that ride where we're targeting maybe some strength endurance work or we're targeting some um, we're targeting some tempo work, what, what have you, right? And so we, we start to add some of that stuff in once we have the schedule and stuff already dialed. Um, or even just strength training. We start to add strength training on top, of, uh, on top of that work again, right? And so just layering it to before, and the, the key to this is making sure that we don't overextend it. My last thing you wanna do, in my opinion, is go, okay, First week back, uh, I want you to work on your diet. I want you to work, oh, we're gonna do this new strength training, which you've never done, you know, you haven't done in a few weeks. Um, And then uh, we're also gonna do some intervals on the bike. And uh, yeah, and you know, you're feeling like crap on the bike, you you know, because you haven't ridden in a week. And then you don't know if you're doing the strength training right. And you know, I got you on a strict diet all over again. And so I feel like it's just a super shock to the system, which then becomes discouraging, which then I feel like kills the motivation. And then they're like, oh, I've lost so much fitness in a week. When in reality, you know, three months of hard work and one week off, you're not going to lose your fitness in a week, you know. And yeah, so I think easing, easing it in and layering it is really key. Perfect. Yeah. It's like you have only so many matches to burn. Um, both physically and mentally. So the last thing you really should be doing is burning a match in the first base build. Especially Um, around this time, man. Right. Like with with the time changes and, 
you know, November and December are just stressful times. And and this year with politics and everything (laughs) else, it's even more so. And so, um, and, and with the pandemic, you know, we have Christmas coming up. Like some people might not have the same Christmases that they've used to have, you know, and some people might not have the same holidays that they used to have. Uh, and, and that can be, that can be wearing and that can, that can kind of tear down, tear down some people. So, um, taking that time to like, not make the training any more stressful than it needs to be, I think is really key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you actually touched on a little bit on my next question. Um, so weight loss. Yeah. I'm curious how far into, I guess guiding athletes towards weight loss do you go because you obviously have a decent amount of experience with it within yourself so i'm yeah. curious like um yeah i'm curious how far down that hole do you go uh i i dive into it pretty pretty heavily with certain athletes um and that's why i do consultations with all my athletes before um we work together um but you know, because I just don't pick anyone up. Like, I don't mm-hmm. coach anyone because I might not be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that being said, some of those athletes, like, their specific goal is to, yeah, lose weight. And so we dive into that a little bit. And uh, I try to kind of steer them the best that I can. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. Um, but I can help. I can help guide you. I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I'm not going to tell you how much to eat, but I can help guide you with your choices and look at it and make you think. Um, What I have found is that a majority of the athletes I coach do not eat enough. That's the big thing. Um, What they do is, is this classic, you know, on their recovery day, they eat everything in sight, and then on their four or five hour day, they don't wanna undo all the hard work that they've done. And so we have two issues here. You, you're, you're not burning those calories you know, on the recovery day, and then you're not replacing the calories on your hard day. Um, and so the fuel, you're not getting the fuel when you need the fuel. It's kind of like you're overfilling the gas tank on your recovery day, and then you're, you're trying to run on E on, on the, the hard days. So trying to figure out timing is key and also trying to figure out um, like just eating more and uh, understanding that, you know, especially because it's always like big goals. Like I have athletes that come in and it's like, I'm 200 pounds and I want to weigh 160 pounds. And I'm like, okay, like let's, let's step back, you know, cause like I haven't even seen you, but you know, 160 pounds for a male is pretty light. Like they're, you know, for the average male, like that's, that's pretty light. Um, especially if you're already at 200, like a lot of the guys that weigh 160 pounds probably have never weighed above 190 in their life, you know? Um, so let's figure out, like, I would rather you lose body fat and have abs at 185 pounds than be, you know, malnourished and right. barely able to pedal your bike at 170 pounds. You know, and so really trying to create that healthy lifestyle, that healthy kind of look towards food. Um, And I guess part of that kind of waves into my, and this is why I'm a coach, it kind of waves into my athletic endeavors in the sense that I haven't always had the healthiest outlook on food. I used to starve myself on rides. I've, I've played the game, the pro cyclist game of 
you know, drinking soda water before bed, and that's was dinner, you know. Um, it's it's not sustainable, and it's not faster. <laughs> um, like I've been faster, ten pounds heavier than I have been, you know, the other way around. Um, and so yeah, it, understanding it's a process, understanding there's timing, and then also understanding a healthy outlook on food and a healthy outlook on body imagery, I guess, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I do with my athletes. If they ask, I, it's never something that I kind of press on somebody unless I feel like there's an unhealthy attitude towards it. Huh. Um, yeah. Then I will definitely start to press towards uh, having that conversation. I like your sustainable approach and your realistic approach. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of athletes, um, especially just in the, I mean, within the sporting world, the endurance world especially, it's just this concept of regardless of your level and um, weight must be like the hidden answer uh, to everything. And it doesn't sure. matter what kind of weight that is. It's just lose it. Um, whether or not that makes you void of any other muscle to help you with the rest of your life, to keep you a healthy individual, doesn't matter. Um, so it's, yeah, I appreciate that you have that. And I think that that's, that's super important. Um, well, yeah. Definitely. And I think, I think another thing is too, it's, it's just like, like people need to understand that dieting is just like building. So you're just as much as you don't, you're not in foundation for the entire year. You're not dieting the entire year. Like you have to have a specific block where like, Hey, that's what I'm focused on is weight loss because things will trend downward. Just like when you're in foundation, your VO2 may start to trend down a little bit. Your sprint numbers may trend down a little bit. Yeah, they'll come back pretty quick, but it, it's the same kind of methodology in the sense that if, you, if your goal is to lose weight, your power will start to trend down because after a while, you inadvertently, you will lose a little bit of muscle because you're at a calorie deficit. You're not fueling the body to its to his highest capacity, I guess, more or less. Yeah, um, totally. And so I think that's another thing that athletes struggle with is when they start to see their power numbers drop as well as their weight dropping um, when they're doing it proper, right? Um, and so then they binge eat and they eat everything in sight. Um, and it also goes to a point where, hey, you know, we're going to do this for a block, but then we're going to maintain it, you know, in the next block. Like we're going to focus on the next block trying to maintain it. So we'll kick the calories back up. We may gain three, four pounds, just like you would lose, you know, three, four watts off your hour power or whatever, you know, it's the same thing. But hopefully we find this balance where the teeter totter starts to freaking level out. And that's what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious then. So you're talking like basically about charting out different builds within yeah. weight loss do you so just like uh charting an atp at the beginning with working with an athlete do you do the same thing in regards to when an athlete wants to start working on weight loss yes more or less and nine times out of ten like especially like right now like when i start working with an athlete like that's the first thing we tackle um and i've actually turned athletes away that you know play the the you know hey i just want to coach from may to september oh right yeah, um, totally. and and this is what i want to do um because i don't think it's sustainable i don't think it's healthy and i don't think it's a good idea um like right now would be the best time for athletes to lose weight 
uh, if they want to lose weight. And I know it's the hardest time to lose weight, but uh, it kind of goes back to the the uh, the theory of you know you're not going to lose fit in three you know three months of hard work in a week. You're not going to lose you know eight weeks or four weeks of hard work. Like or let's just say you start now. Uh, you're not going to lose three weeks of diet in one day on Thanksgiving, and then all the hard work that you put in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, or even Christmas Eve and Christmas. Like you're not gonna undo everything that you've done on those two days. Um, and, and so having that, those kind of thought processes and those kind of cheat days, um, more or less, um, that's, that's, we build that into the training program. So we find a sustainable place where we can lose weight and we can focus on weight loss. Um, how do we focus on weight loss? Like, do we do, you know, how much time do you have? Like, do we do an endurance style or do we do it, you know, uh, like a more high intensity style? Um, because both can be done. We just got to make sure that we're managing recovery on both sides. Right. Yeah, I like that. That's, I honestly don't do that with my athletes currently. And I think that would be really healthy because that gives a almost like a timeline for them to target and say, ah, this is when I get to change things up. It's not just this like daily grind of trying to um, cut intake or whatever it might end up being. So like that I think could be really healthy. Um, well, I think it's also good because um, when they start, when their head starts to go awry, right? Yep, when, yep. when things start to go south and they're just like, what am I doing? And that's when you hone it back in is remember, like we had this conversation, this was our goal our goal was to lose weight this month or, you know, these over these, this block of eight weeks or whatever. Um, that's what we're doing right now. That's why the power trends look like this. It's okay. Just trust it. Um, and, and yeah, and if you can get them to buy into it and get them back on board, that's when you're going to see the best results. Um, and, and just having that conversation. And so that's why I build it in to the programming because, that's when we need to focus on it. And then when we're not focused on it, I don't want to hear about how you've gained two pounds. Right. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's okay. It's all right. Like we'll be fine. I do know we lost fat in that last block being that you're now down 20 pounds. So the fact that you gained two pounds, now you're down 18 pounds. What's the, what conversation, you know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> yeah, totally. that's the thing that you're trying to bring back. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I think it's important to kind of put it into the blocks. Yeah, I really like that. I might have to start doing that. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. I think we got time for one more. Sweet. What do you got? All right, man. So um, my, I guess my last one would be, um, what's your thoughts on strength training? Um, like, is it uh, a year-round thing? Is it a off-season thing? What's your thoughts? Yeah, this is a big one, um, and actually, funny enough, one I had for you as well. So, awesome. Uh, <laughs> keep nailing it. Uh, uh, da, da, da. The I started when so when I started introducing strength training, and I think this is like kind of the cycling world, really. Um, when we started introducing strength training, it was very much a off-season only type focus, and then now I've definitely trended more towards um, if an athlete has time. And if an athlete has the capability um, without sacrificing on bike um, work, then mm -hmm. year round strength training is, is great. Um, 
I would say that I don't currently have many athletes that I implement that with because they do not have the time um, mm -hmm. or energy to do so. I have a pro couple pro guys that, that they do do pretty light work, um, whether or not that's just like movement or um, just activation work, just to make sure everything is well and balanced. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are a couple that I do kind of like a maintenance, just simple maintenance phase throughout the year. Um, so it's pretty low, uh, low rep, kind of like high power type lifting. Um, and that's kind of the sustain throughout the year. It's pretty low impact. It's pretty low, um, just fatigue for them in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but for everyone else that kind of has a pretty hectic schedule that, um, I would say is majority of my athletes, um, it does tend to be a off season type program. Um, when I started, uh, implementing programs, it was a pretty simple, uh, like basically like squat, leg press type program. Mm -hmm. Um, and I realized that sure that that does provide some pretty good gains. Um, it's pretty narrow, um, and, and there isn't, there's more that can be done. Um, so, and that was kind of when the cycling world is, was kind of trending towards, Hey, maybe we should be doing more dynamic movements. Hey, maybe we should um, be focusing on like little muscle groups instead of just the primary like quad and glute. Um, so that has been great. So I've kind of followed that trend and, and introduced a pretty, I think, like a fairly inclusive program, which has um, does take, of course, has builds within it. There is a plyo circuit within there. There's power. There's endurance there's all these different builds within the programs that i have athletes go through but um it has been interesting this year with covid because of the lack of gym access yeah. um so just getting athletes to equipment or how to best use um the equipment that they do have and early on i, I did write a program um that i'm still crafting so i'm still trying to make it interesting because it's i think a little harder to make like, all right, if you didn't have any equipment, what program can you do to really uh, advance an athlete um, and be worth the time? And that program, like early on, is pretty simple because for the most part, when you're starting from scratch, it's easy to kind of do anything. It'll it'll wake you up. Um, but from there, then continuing to, to progress in right phases of um, without any equipment and then, you know, introducing low equipment like kettlebells and stuff like that. And then... Um, you know, I have some athletes that just went ahead and full, like purchased the full gamut, like got the, got a bench, got a, uh, squat rack, got a hex bar, got like all these different, uh, equip pieces of equipment to still do a standard program. But, um, long story short, the, uh, basically I, I think it's hugely beneficial. Um, I think that, uh, cycling in particular can get stuck in this rut of just using, um, the bike and using that singular machine to progress themselves. And I think mm -hmm. that strength training allows us to bolster that, um, without just needing, you know, more volume or more intensity. It can be a way of, of boosting an athlete without having that, uh, kind of like those mental matches we were talking, talking about on the bike. It can be off the bike pro progress, which can go a really long way. Um, and I think it does a great job just making a cyclist, um, well-rounded, a little bit more injury free, um, you know, on top of 
kind of helping against bone density issues and other things along those lines. So yeah, I think it's hugely beneficial. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think, I think with strength training, it is a very underrated thing in the cycling world. Uh, it's starting to become, starting to become, uh, more accepted, but, uh, uh, I think it's about as simple as just having the conversation of like, you know, when you, when you're blowing up on the bike up a climb and your body's trying to recruit all these muscles just to get your legs to turn over, um, the, your body's not strengthening them as they're in flight, fight or flight mode, you know? So, uh, trying to get those muscles strengthened before you get to that situation, I think helps a ton, um, and kind of reduces the chances of you kind of blowing up all over the place, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, especially from like a pursuit time trial point of view when you're trying to hold an arrow position and, uh, yeah, you, you start to come unraveled. The last thing you want to do is start rocking all over the place. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think the strength thing, even if you're just maintaining it, um, not like there, there's gotta be builds in that. Right. Um, Really, I'm not asking you to be squatting three, 400 pounds every day kind of stuff. What I'm asking for is just maintaining the core, maintaining the movements, because after two weeks, you know, the, the stuff starts to atrophy mm-hmm. um, and, and we start to lose pretty much all the work that we've done. Um, and so I think having that year round program of just even, you know, throwing a 15, 20 minute day of just maintenance work in there can really make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a routine thing. Cause it's so like, how many times have you heard athletes say like, Oh, well at the beginning I did a lot of core work and then I just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay, we've all done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting in that routine of doing it is, is really pretty important. Yeah, man. Just nailing it in and, uh, getting it dialed will make, it makes the, it, it'll make the biggest difference. I mean, that was one of the things that I latched on pretty quick just from, you know, the athlete side of things of going to like world cups and seeing, you know, your roommate is doing a core workout the morning of a, uh, of team pursuit. And it's not, it's not a workout. It's just more of just activation, getting prepped and making sure that the body is firing and activated on all cylinders. And, and that's, that's huge because I think like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to do strength training cause I don't want to be sore. Well, that, that's like being like, I don't want to ride the bike because I don't want my butt to be sore. Eventually, that just goes away. Um, and and af- after a while, it's kind of like it, if you don't do it, it it's almost negative. Do you, um, I guess you have, so just out of curiosity's sake, so when during these times um, yeah. where you don't, like let's say, for example, an athlete doesn't have access to a gym, what is kind of like your go-to um, movements that you might have them do then? Get creative yeah. at home. Um, I mean, you know, there's so many things we can do at the house, and yeah, it's not cool. It's not as <laughs> it's not as heavy, and it's not as as, as exciting. Um, but uh, just more or less, even just taking, uh, you know, buying dumbbells from Walmart, and like, you know what? Like, we'll even say that you know the pandemic has sold everything out of weightlifting equipment. Like, even just taking. Um, like filling up a couple grocery bags with 10 ba- ten pound bags of potatoes or some rice or whatever. Um, and, 
and you know doing some speed squats uh doing some step ups with the stair uh burpees um jump squats uh suitcases there's so many things that we can kind of implement and play with um you could do some uh like you know good mornings to the best of our abilities with a bag of uh bag of groceries um what have you and yeah it's not heavy but we can still at least get the movement in um and we can play with it right we could uh we could slow the movement down you know make it really eccentric and just start focusing on really slowing that down and then exploding up you know we can do there's so many different things we can do uh we can do partial reps so you do one and one 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 and a half reps so you do one rep and then you go half the movement and then back up and then down and you can do quarter reps half a quarter one and one and one quarter reps like there's so many different things you can do to activate the muscles and do different styles of strength training to kind of get the response um but yeah it just all depends on the accessibility of what you have yeah yeah we've been i've been walking athletes through like creating boxes yeah. Um, for box jumps and step ups and I've walked through like all right filling milk jugs with sand or um, coins yeah <laughs> um, yeah you do have to get a little creative but um, it is yeah it's doable it's doable it, yeah and, and like once and like even if even if you take a day of like hey you know this week your two days of strength training is creating your strength training yeah yeah and like then that. because then that way it just alleviates the stress of them feeling like they've missed a workout right and then you get to the next week and then everything's already set up everything's already done right so like we're getting into trainer season that's like the biggest thing that i'm dealing with right now it's like oh i could barely get my workout in because it took me an hour and a half to get zwift and everything yep. set up and i was having this mistake and that mistake but once it's all set up it's like all good right and so i think for strength training being it's such a it's a it's a third it's a secondhand third party style of training, which really complements your training, but it's not going to break you if you don't do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I guess don't really fully understand the value. And so you, you kind of just have to do it to where that's when you'll understand the value. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely seen athletes that are kind of questioning it until they go through it and then realize kind of the, um, the gains on the other side, but it is something that's a little tricky because you can't just say, well, here, this is the exact power that I'm having you do. Oh, look, it's a lot easier. It's a lot yeah. easier to, it's harder to show that transfer yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, John. Um, awesome. These were some good questions. Uh, I'm always super fascinated to hear just how every coach kind of takes it on. Um, yeah. Thank you again. Um, Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, find us on Instagram at Training Edge Pod. Um, John, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at John C. Kroom. So that's John, the letter C, and then my last name, Kroom, spelled C-R-O-O-M, on Instagram, uh, or coffeeandvanchats.com. Sweet. Um, yeah, check out the podcast. Yeah, his podcast is good, so check it out. Um, all right, guys, have an awesome week. And uh, yeah, stay sane out there. But till next time, uh, keep finding your edge.